welcome to Gifts of Ruin, where guests share really difficult and uh, painful stories and life experiences and really share the wisdom that came from going through what I call the ruin or the reckon. So it's really about focusing on the healing journey and, and, and what it was like to rise up from the fall. So today I have the honor to have Jen McKay here. And I've known Jen for, gosh, 10 years. Uh, I had the unique pleasure to teach her daughter ballet, who mm-hmm. is just amazing in every way. And uh, Jen has a really incredible, inspiring, difficult um, devastating story to share with us, and I'm so honored that you're here and that you said yes. Aww. So maybe we'll just dive in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to listen. And oh my gosh! Remember that day we story. first we connected, and I was like bawling like a baby on the couch. You were consoling me, <laughs> giving me hugs, saying it's going to be okay. So. Mm-hmm. It's very touching, um, and and my hope is with you sharing the story mm-hmm. that you'll shine some light mm-hmm. on uh, the difficult journey that it's been. Mm-hmm. So if you wouldn't mind, mm-hmm. let's jump in, and we'll start with, well, what is the story? Mm-hmm. What is the condensed version? Yeah. So I, um, like Kelly said, I have an older daughter who was just about five at the time, And I had a beautiful little boy, um, born March 16th, 2011, um, and born healthy, was slightly difficult pregnancy, nothing crazy. Um, everything was going well. We were, you know, adjusting to a second child. And then all of a sudden, right before he turned 12 weeks old, he got very sick, um, kind of started vomiting at night and made an appointment first thing in the morning um, to go to the doctor, went to the doctor. They rushed us straight to the emergency room. The emergency room flew us to Children's Hospital Oakland, um, and he went in for immediate surgery. So the short version is he had this unexplained um, multiple site brain hemorrhages in different parts of the brain and we had no idea why um and his blood stopped producing platelets which was why he was having all these bleeds our platelets clot our blood so fast forward he had his neurosurgery to try to evacuate the hemorrhages um they saved his life um but there was just irreparable brain damage to that so um, after surgery, you know, you're seeing your child on a ventilator, bandaged, totally unconscious, just not, just from like one moment to the next, like just not the baby that you had in your arms like hours before. So um, it was a difficult few days in the hospital, um, never really regained consciousness, Um organs were working something was really wrong with the liver nobody had any answers which i think made it harder for us at the time for sure um and after about five days of that and not having any major brain activity um you know the doctors pulled us aside and had gotten to know us and had just said you know we can kind of go two different roads here we can 
do this indefinitely in a hospital, on a vent, on life support, indefinitely, or we could choose to do what's called a compassionate extubation, which is taking your child off a vent and just kind of letting life go naturally. So, you know, we wanted to do that, in, not that we wanted to do that, but you know what I mean, we wanted to be compassionate, yeah. but... Um, it was very difficult to be in a hospital, have a five-year-old. If anybody's ever lived and had family members in an ICU, it is, it's not comfortable in any way. It is not like home. So they had told us about this place called George Mark Children's House, which is a pediatric palliative care facility. Um, so they are amazing and help families who not only are at end of life, but who also maybe have life-limiting conditions or chronically ill and can help families with respite and things like that. So one of the programs that they have is for end-of-life, where a family can go and live there as a whole family. There's 24-hour medical care, and it's like this beautiful house. It's like a mansion with beautifully oh, where, decorated where rooms. It? In San Leandro, okay. California. Um, I had never heard of it. I'd worked in a hospital for many years. It's small. It's this amazing resource in our community. We went to go visit because when they told us about it, and then we decided, okay, like that's that feels as good as that's as this situation is going to get. This very difficult situation, um, you know, just to be able to be together. You know, I had never been away from my five-year-old ever overnight, even. So it was very kind of jarring on the family yeah. unit just to like. Go live in the ICU all night, leave there at 6 in the morning, take a shower, go back, pick up from school. It was just, you know. So we were able to go to George Mark. We did do the compassionate extubation. They took him off the ventilator at George Mark. Um, I was able to hold him again. They took all of his IV lines out. And we just kind of were on Noah's time. And he ended up living 53 more days like that. So we lived there for 53 days as a family. Wow. Until um until Noah decided that, you know, that it was time to carry on. So, yeah. So that's our story. So, yeah. Whew. That's it's it's a it's a heavy one. And so this this happened quite like 10 years, ten years ago. ago. So you've had um a, a good chunk of time mm-hmm. to to process it go through it he, like do some healing and, mm-hmm. and it, it, the pain is still there for sure for sure it, and it, does it ever go away or? um no yeah it um that kind of pain and trauma gets easier to carry gets easier to live with over time um it took a long time to get to that place um for me the very beginning is just survival. Mm-hmm. Like, it is like, okay, like, I made it through another day. Like, I can't even believe it. Like, I, the beginning is very, um, I don't even know how to explain it. It's still kind of a blur. Mm-hmm. It's very, I, all I, my only priority at that time after Noah died was my daughter. Like, she was the reason I got out of bed every day. Yeah. You know, and she helped me kind of put one foot in front of the other because I had to take care of her. And she was full, four? She was just about, she was, okay. she turned five a couple days after okay. her brother died. 
which I know, like really universe. But yeah, and she started kindergarten like weeks after um, he died. So the pain in the beginning was um, I couldn't work. I, you know, could barely take care of my child. And I was yeah. like feeling like, okay, like there's food in the house. <laughs> like that's, that's all I can do right now. You like, went from here we are. As a family, mm-hmm. here's Noah, my sweet baby boy, mm-hmm. and it was three months. Three months when he got it, sick. When he got sick. And then another... Another three months. Another, yeah, two and a half months before he a, passed a away. A complete whirlwind. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. You yeah. Know, I've experienced my own difficulties in life, but mm-hmm. this is this is massive. Yeah. And um, going through the experience... Um, so it's always interesting when you're in a place of a tra- like a traumatic experience, how people around you deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some things that people hmm. did and didn't do that were just like awful, annoying, <laughs> and also awesome? It's like- interesting. When you go through something difficult, you really kind of see who your tribe is. Mm you people surprise you on both ends of that you people that you would never expect that will be your rock become your rock and help hold you up other people that you think were oh they would never (laughs) oh that would never happen you know would disappear on you ignore you um and and that has still happened, you know? So you kind of learn real quick who your tribe is, mm-hmm. who are really the people who are there, like in the worst of times. Um, you were asking about like things that like people should and shouldn't yes, do. Right. Yeah, Because when people pass or there's a, there's mm-hmm. a difficult time and you're reaching out to them, there is a moment of awkward, how do I support this person? Yeah. I don't want to step on their toes. And I don't know what to say. I think the biggest, if I had to like pinpoint it, I think the, one of the worst things that people can do is to one, do nothing, say nothing. Hmm. Um, even if you don't know what to say, then just say that, say, Oh my God, I like, I don't even know. I can't even imagine what you're going through. I have, I don't even know what to say, but I'm thinking about you. Hmm you know, like it can be something so simple. The other mistake I think we do a lot in society is people think about themselves. Like, oh, this is, this is really uncomfortable for me. Yeah. I don't like to go there. This feels yucky. Well, like, it's not about you. It's about compassion Mm. and empathy and human connection. Yeah. And yeah, so just I think when people do that and people think about how uncomfortable they are, like think about how uncomfortable and in pain, you know, this human, this person that is 
probably important to you in your life yeah. in a lot of ways. And then, I don't know, it's really hard when, um, and I have a hard time with it, like mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I tend to surround myself with people who don't do that because I just don't, I just don't. It's like I'm just a little bit more raw. I'm a little bit more authentic. Like I don't, BS, I can't right? deal with yeah. the BS. Yeah. So I've kind of just moved on. So kind of those people aren't really in my life. I don't feel connection to people who are like that. And did you notice that when after going through this specific situation or has this evolved or has this always been a part of you? No, I don't think. I think I was very polite and very worried about what everybody thought of me and whatnot. And then when you go through something so painful and so traumatic and you are literally just trying to survive, like you literally think the pain will kill you you know, you're kind of like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is me. Yeah. You know, no. So that was very much something that changed with me, like, instantly when, um, you know, when even when Noah was in the hospital. Like, mm. I was like, I can't do that. And then one other thing I think that people do that makes it very hard on people going through something difficult is all the cliches. Give all us a the, few. You know, oh, you know, well... There's got to be a reason for this. And, oh, you know, he's in a better place now. And, oh, you know, I, what doesn't kill you make you stronger. Yeah. <laughs> or the whole, I don't know how you're dealing with this. You're, you're so much stronger than I am. I could never deal with that. You're like bullshit. Well, it's like here we are. Like this wasn't a choice. It's not like you saw, I mean. I didn't sign up for this. No, this and was- I was already strong. Right. You're like, FYI. I didn't need this to know I was strong. Yeah. 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 So I think all those things, like, just keep, just keep that inside. Just Mm -hmm. keep that upstairs. You don't need to, you know. Yeah. Those are some really good tips. And I can't help but think, um, I'm like sniffing out a gift that that came from your authenticity. And it is the fact that like if someone were to ask me, you know, what what's her personality like, or what do you like about her? I, mm-hmm. That's the first thing I would say. She's mm-hmm. truthful. She's real. Mm-hmm. I never have to question mm-hmm. uh, if she likes me or not. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to do the BS conversation mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, and I don't have time for that anymore. Like, that's I, yeah. what I, I mean. That's one of your strengths. Thank and you. so if that came from this, mm-hmm. not to say it was yeah, right, the reason, the reason <laughs> by any means. But if that is a gift that came from this ruin, that's mm-hmm pretty cool because Mm -hmm. you have three amazing daughters that you're an incredible role model to and their life and their evolution Mm -hmm. as human beings Mm -hmm. you're I mean you're just an amazing role model for them and to to raise three beautiful women to be Mm -hmm. authentic and truth I mean Mm -hmm. that there's just so much beauty in that no I, I agree I mean I think and and frankly it's easier to live that way you know, yeah. like all the Instagram and Facebook, you know, perfect pictures, perfect whatever. Like yeah. I've always been very like good, the bad, the ugly. Like people yeah. ask you, you know, oh, how are you doing? And oftentimes nobody wants to hear, oh, no. you know what? I'm having a really crappy day. But like at work, somebody asked me that. They're like, mm. are you all right? I'm like, no, it's been a tough week. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's easier to live in that space. Yes. 
Yes. You know, and to, I don't need to like be an open book at the grocery store, no. but you know, but I do think it's so much easier to live authentically than it is to like worry about what everybody thinks all the time. And you give other people permission to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. When you show up as you, mm-hmm. then the other person's like, all right, today was really crappy. Yeah. You know, and I think in that connection, I think that's what we all need. You We're know? missing that. Mm-hmm. We miss that. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, how are you doing? Fine. Yeah. Oh, great. Good day. Right. How are you? Good. <laughs> that answer. Yeah. Good. Really? That's yeah. not emotion. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So your healing journey. What? So you're in this space. Getting back to your story. You're mm-hmm. you're in this space and you're dealing with this intense whirlwind of um, of of trauma. The heal, like the healing process through that. I'm interested to know. Like, was it the George Mark? Mm-hmm. Miracle house, you know. Mm-hmm. There, we'll call it a miracle house. Was it that? Was it? What was it? What What did you find that was so necessary for you to have? Now that you're looking back at mm-hmm. it, I think the beginning, like I said, the beginning, you're like purely in survival mode, yeah. and everybody was offering, you know, everything from like take these pills, have some medicine, go to therapy, exercise. And I'm like, I will have a lifetime to take care of myself. Like right now I have this other little human that I need to take care of. Um, and she is my priority. And that is the, that was the only wherewithal I had. You know, she was my reason for getting up in the morning. She has saved me in more ways than one. My oldest, um, my little ones have saved me in other ways, um, um, bringing joy and noise back into my life. <laughs> um, but that took a while. Mm-hmm. I think in the beginning, I, I really focused on Sophia um, and getting out of bed. And then I think I kind of hit a point where I was scared for myself for my, uh, my well-being. I would kind of have these very dark thoughts where I really thought the grief was going to kill me. Yeah. Um, where I just didn't want to... It was crazy. It was like, I was like, well, you can't go and kill yourself because then you're like really going to F up your daughter, Yeah. you know, and, Hmm. um, and that, and also that would be like insulting to my son who like fought for his life. So I was like, well, you can't do that, Jennifer. (laughs) So, but I think I got to a point where even though therapy and everything was offered to me early on, I was, I was not ready. I was not, it was too raw. It was too hard, but I did come to a point probably about six months Mm. after Noah died where I was like, okay, like I, I can't live like this anymore. This pain is like too much. Like this pain is like actually going to kill me. Like it suffocated Like it was palpable. Like I felt like it was going to kill me. Um, and so, you know, Noah has brought a lot of really amazing people into my life and another family that I actually met at George Mark, um, who had a similar story to ours had a therapist who had specifically worked with child loss and women, especially who had had, um, child loss. And she had reached out to me and she was like, Hey, you know, if you ever need somebody to talk to, 
she's really great. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. I don't need therapy. Yeah. You know, I'll deal with that later. But then I had saved the information. And when I was feeling in that really dark place, you know, I reached out. And for anybody who goes to therapy and has been to therapy, it, like, gets worse before it gets better. And it was, like really painful and very hard and I could you know it was a lot of crying it was a lot of um PTSD type stuff um and so but she helped save me you know she helped put me back together again um to help process you know the love the pain the loss the fear um so that was a huge piece for me. George Mark has always been a huge piece for me because even after our son died, they were always there. It mm. was like, we will be here as long as you need. They gave um, Sophia therapy, art therapy, child life therapy for a year afterwards um, this is for all free. Compl- yeah, this is all yeah. complimentary. That's yeah. what blows it's my mind. It's all like donor funded, amazing place. We'll include the link yeah. so people can donate. It's- yeah, they, it's an amazing place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, I think, has helped me going forward, too, because I stayed connected to George Mark. Um, they offer bereavement um, and a lot of kind of what they call legacy building mm-hmm. activities and stuff where they'll bring families back for child remembrance days once a year in December and they do these like art activities and you know it's um, music filled and very like I don't know how to explain it it's not just this dark death place there's a lot of life there and beauty in that Um, and so we go to those things and that's helped me stay connected one to this community which unfortunately is not one that anybody wants to be a part of, of like child loss, no. but also these families get it. Yeah. And they are um, beautiful families and they get it. And so in, I like to feel connected in that way and also in a pay it forward way mm. because they've done so much for me and my family. And then I actually help other families now there. So... <sighs> It's a journey. It's been a journey. It took a long time to kind of get to this integrated place. I That's what it is for me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think people go, oh, okay, so it's been uh, two years, so I should I should be fine now and yeah. move forward. And, 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 and if that happens, great, because maybe some people are like that. For me, I just have decided that this is pain and grief I will carry in my life. But it doesn't just have to be that. Yeah. I can allow myself to live with joy, too. And when the grief gets too much, I lean into it. And That's really sound advice. Honor those feelings. And you kind of have to get through the fire, you know, before you can, like, rise from the ashes, you know. And I think if you don't, I think when you don't, I think that's when grief can get very complicated. Mm. I think if you don't face those feelings head on. You know, when you're ready, if you're ready. Right. You know, and right. I, I think, like, no timeline, no rules. Yeah. And you had sweet you little know. Sophia, too. How did you express it to her? Mm. How, how how did you explain it to her? Where did, <laughs> where did her brother go? It's, you know, children. So there's, like, so many layers to all this, right? There's, like, mm. your own personal trauma. And then you also, you were, like, trying to guide 
Noah, who died as well, you know, and him carry beauty and love, mm-hmm. you know, onto the next world or wherever it is he is. But then at the same time, yeah. I've got this other child that I really want to make sure is emotionally healthy. Yeah. I mean, how many stories have we heard in time of like where things don't get processed and felt and then that will show itself in a lot of All ugly ways later on. I'm so, a successful life coach because yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very determined to help, you know, to guide her in the most healthy way possible. So George Mark was immeasurably um, helpful. They helped me learn to talk to her, to Mm -hmm. use the right words. They also taught me, um, that, you know, it's kind of jarring in the beginning when you have a little one because they can only handle grief in teeny tiny doses. Mm. I remember when we first told her that Noah was going to die she started crying, hardest conversation I've ever had. Um, she started crying and then literally within two minutes wanted to go and get an ice cream. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Like an ice cream? <laughs> and But that is totally normal. Yeah. It's totally normal for that age. But if I hadn't been told that, it would have been very jarring and been very like, oh my God, like, why are you doing that? Like, that's so mean. That's so like, insensitive. Exactly. But it wasn't, you know, and I think with children, we, you know, people talk about the stages of grief and not everybody that's kind of, that culture has kind of changed a bit how it's ebbs and flow over time. But in children, Mm -hmm. they regrieve at every stage in their life. So we go through things even now, and she's a teenager where I still see that she regrieves and is processing it at this higher level, mm. you know, and you almost feel like we should do that as adults. Yeah. Like, why do we give ourselves these time limits we or don't we don't give ourselves the grace of going, oh, well, it's been a year. I should put their clothes away. Or it's time to get over it. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, yeah. yeah, I should stop talking about it. And, but, you know, with children that it doesn't developmentally, that doesn't work. So we've, you know, so I think, um, therapy has always been a very positive thing in our home. Um, so it's been something that's always been there for her that she's been amenable to over time. And she's like, everybody should have a therapist. (laughs) Well, and in a way, I mean, that's her, she's, as she evolves, like her gift is communication because Mm -hmm. I know her and she's always very um communicative and Mm -hmm. expressive with her emotions the good and the bad yeah she's authentic and she's she's willing to to talk about difficult Mm -hmm. things and Mm -hmm. we need Mm -hmm. more people like that Mm -hmm. and she's very empathic Mm -hmm. and I think that that's something that I've tried to instill in my girls is you know it's not just about you like there's this human you know, connection that, and we care about other people and look at how people have cared about us and look at how kind people were with us. We need to be that way too, you know? And so, which brings me to my next question. Mm -hmm. So you, part of your process and grieving and, and moving through the pain was you created a, um, a day of kindness Mm -hmm. in honor of Mm -hmm. Noah, Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. that. What what does that look like? Does it still happen every mm-hmm. year? And how can we participate? Uh-huh. Um, so I call it Noah's Kindness Project. Um, and it started, I'm a um, 
my personality type is very much like doer, problem solver for the good and the bad. So part of it for me, of one way that has helped me kind of move forward in the grief is to kind of keep myself busy and to try to pay it forward and like hold my child. Like I've kind of like tried, I've tried different things, Mm -hmm. fundraising and whatnot. And I've kind of started doing that around difficult days. So whether that was at first I would, around Noah's birthday, I would hold a fundraiser and we would do like a walk and raise money for George Mark. So I would busy myself around that. You know, maybe around Christmas time, because Christmas just did not feel right to me anymore, um, we would, you know, I would get like the my girls' school to do a toy drive for Children's Hospital and for George Mark around Christmas. So then the Kindness Project kind of started around the same kind of idea, but I started to do it around the day that he died, which is July 31st. So I try to just tell everybody I know to, you know, hey, on July 31st, this day, that's like a really dark, difficult day, just do like a simple act of kindness and just think about Noah or say you're doing it for Noah. So yeah, so there are a few years it gained a lot of momentum. Mm -hmm. I still do it this year. This year was a tough one for me. So I kind of, it was quieter. Um, But some years, you know, it's been like thousands of people. And that maybe, I've reached out to, who've reached out to me, and maybe their friends have told friends and things like that on social media or whatnot, and you know, and these acts of kindness around those days. I, I mean, it, it's absolutely a beautiful way mm-hmm. to honor him mm-hmm. and honor the whole experience, and um, it, maybe it's better not to have any pressure around it mm-hmm. and, and just go with the flow. That's what I'm. I got the idea. There's another. There's um, a doctor who does a lot of grief work, um, Joanne Cacciatore, if I'm not mistaken. She's based out of Arizona, and okay. she's done a lot of you know research, and she puts a lot out there. So she had kind of done this act of kindness around when her daughter died Mm. and then so a lot of this if people follow you know follow her research and whatnot other families have kind of taken on to that so I really liked that idea so I adopted it as well so well it's pretty cool because even like a message like Mm -hmm. coming into this life like what is the message do you think that his that it's fair to say that his message is kindness and to restore that in in us i mean maybe maybe, maybe. that's a little big okay but i also <laughs> but i do think yeah. i do think in the same vein that I, I the way i look at it and the way i look at like the kindness project is like here's this tiny little body mm. who you know people really gravitated towards his story it's you know it's sad and traumatic yes but it's like this painfully beautiful story and I look at how this little tiny body like has done so much and I look at it like um you know what profound impact anybody can have on this world even those who aren't here anymore, or even a body that's so tiny that didn't even speak and just had these like beautiful, soulful eyes, you know, and you just look at 
like the profound impact that one person can have on another. Like, you know, like yeah. life so small, but so powerful. For me, that's kind of the message that I feel like, you know, Noah has yeah. taught me one of the many things yeah. that I feel like he's taught me. Did you ever have any sort of um, interaction with him, either like prior to him passing or like any sort of message or any sort of validation that, okay, there's something after this life. Like when mm-hmm. we die, there, there has to be this because I experienced that. There have been a lot of things. There have been people who have come into my life that I swear, you know, like he put them there in front of me, mm. you know, that um, there are lots of things that happen. I, um, I work as an interpreter in a hospital. I work with a lot of families um, who are non-English speaking, and there have been a lot of cases that happen on certain days or when I'm feeling a certain way that I know is like Noah coming to work with me. Wow. You know, there have been... Um, you know, we, my girls believe a lot in like, we love like hummingbirds and butterflies and things like that. And, you know, and they always feel like, oh, hey, that's, you know, that's Noah or, you know, and owls and things that maybe we didn't really even see a lot, or maybe we just didn't pay attention to before. And then now we're just a little bit more present. Um, And then in terms of Noah, he, yeah, I'm, he, uh, right before, I think there, I would think that there, there are two moments that were really defining for me. One was, um, when we were in the ICU and I was like, just feeling like I knew that it, things were bad. Um, and I just kind of needed the doctors to speak honestly with me and tell me exactly what was going on and just not sugarcoat it, you know, and just, I do better with like truth. So, you know, then we had, I had a big talk with one of the doctors. It was probably like three in the morning. And then I just went into the chapel and I just kind of lost it, you Mm. know, and I really had to kind of surrender, I think is the only word that I can think of, you know, to this situation that I had absolutely no control over and I did feel like a weight lifted for me that day even though it was really bad but it was kind of like there was nothing I could do yeah you know and then in those same couple of days I you know was able to very difficult uh, to hold no one things like that with so many IV lines yeah. and tubing and everything. So was able kind of, once we had decided that we were going to withdraw care, I, you know, was able to kind of crawl into bed with him for like the first time in, in a week or so. And so we, I crawled into bed and I was, it was the night before he was going to be extubated at George Mark. And, um, and it was just the two of us. And I, had this dream but it was like not a dream you know you have those like dreams like was that real was that not and you know and I he was being like called you know like Noah Noah like what are you doing down there like you weren't supposed to be down there you know and you know and then he was like I just wanted to have a mom you know I just wanted to know what it would be like and I don't know. I don't know if that was real or not. But I believe that, 
you know. I believe it. I believe it so much. You know, I don't know. When he was born and tiny, I always felt like it was weird. It was different than it was with, um, than with my daughter, you know. Like, like he wasn't mine. Like, he was old, like Benjamin Mutton old. Yeah, wow. <laughs> he had these beautiful, old soul kind of eyes, you know. And I don't know. So I think, I don't know. I, I believe in all that. Yeah. It helps me. Um, you know, I, that was like palpable. It was visceral. Like I could feel it in my body. Yeah, there's no other explanation. You know. Like, yeah. the way everything panned out and the way everything went, there's mm-hmm. no other explanation. I, I can't think of another explanation. There like, are, like, crazy <laughs> things that happen that have happened, you know, like, all in that vein. Like, I, you know, there won't be any music on anywhere, and then all of a sudden the song that I didn't even own or downloaded ever will just come on, you know... Like my phone, like that's just sitting there in a kitchen. It just and randomly I'm, play. Yes, you're like, okay. Yeah, my, um, you know, my significant other, um, who happens to be a hospice nurse, you know, is also an artist and drew me this beautiful owl, you know, and on on my on Noah's birthday, like just just like wanted to do something kind and I was like I was like did I tell you about owls and how much I love owls and the barn owl that is in like the neighborhood that I never really noticed ever and he was like no I just I just liked the owl and then I was like I never told you that and then right then like my owl magnet that is on the fridge that's holding Noah's picture, like, falls I can't. on the ground. <laughs> it's so cool. I so, love it's like this. I mean, I, I well, believe in stuff like that. Yes. It makes me feel connected. Yeah. And that there is, you know, more to this life and this planet, you know, and that, yeah, and that yeah. someone's out there coming to visit you or look after you or you know whatever whatever that looks like for you yeah you know it helps me it brings me comfort I like to feel like he you know has brought people into my life that um wants me to do good things in this world Mm -hmm. and you know I don't know I I believe in that stuff you know likes to come and be a hummingbird at the kitchen table yeah I love him. You I know. love him so much. I know. Um, <laughs> and you have two beautiful daughters that came after Noah, mm-hmm. and they're twins, and they're just twins. darling little gals. They are not old souls. <laughs> they are fresh <laughs> off the turnip truck. <laughs> yeah. They, um, but I think that he sent them to for me. For sure. Um, he like handpicked them for mm. me. You know, um, Lila is like pure sunshine a total clown you know has the best laugh um you know and emily is we thought was like the diva in the beginning very sassy and has turned into this kind of very 
quiet, very loving, mm. you know, um, nurturing, a lot, a lot like Sophia in a lot of ways with the nurturingness and, you know, wow. but very sweet and loving and always wanting to be with me and snuggle with me and stuff like that. Take so, care of you. Yeah, yeah. So the, the noise and the joy and the chaos that we're missing for so long when you have a death like that, if, or like the silence is like deafening, you know, I couldn't handle it. And my oldest tended to be a quiet child, not good or bad, just her personality. Yeah. And it was just, so there was like no noise you know, so now I have a lot of noise, <laughs> but I love it. Yeah, it it's, breaks it up. Yeah, it's very, very we have a very loud, fun house. Ugh. So, yeah, Gosh. It's a, they're a blessing, all four of them. To, to go through this whole experience and to be where you are right now, what, is there any words of wisdom or light you would shine on someone that was in, that finds themselves in your position where you were that is in that position right now is there any sort of I mean you've done an amazing job expressing mm. it is there anything that comes to mind that you would like to I think share? you know I think a big thing is that there are no rules that there's no timeline yeah um I think we have to give ourselves like the grace and the compassion and the self-care to just allow yourself to crumble and fall apart and that that needs to be okay. Um, for me, it really helps to stay present, mm. you know, and be mindful, like, of whether that's the good, you know, and choosing joy and, and practicing gratitude and looking at the sunset every day, like... Um, you know, like sitting in like your child's laughter, you know, your living children and or holding on and looking at pictures and leaving them up of, you know, those that are gone. I don't know. I try to be, I think it's important to be really present. I think it's actually very grounding too, because yeah. you, if you can survive in that moment, then you can live in the next moment. You know, if we future trip and or live in the past too much it's it's so much harder yeah you know and I think you can get there and it's good to be able to process the past and the future and your fears and your loss I still do that sure I found myself doing that a lot this past year with the like 10 years and I was like I thought I was done processing it is a continual process there's that old friend again integrating yeah. this into your life I think for people to give themselves the grace to allow that mm. into their lives and to know that that's okay, yeah, you know, is, um, is important. I mean, for me that that's helped to know that it's okay to hold both. It's okay to be happy and choose joy and hold the grief, you know? Um, yeah. Sounds like a pretty powerful message. Yeah. So. Would we go ahead and identify it since this is gifts of ruin. Would mm -hmm. we go ahead and identify that as a gift from the experience mm -hmm. to? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are a lot of, you know, I wouldn't change anything. You know, yeah. I look at, um, 
I've looked at my life as, and a lot of people I think have gone through trauma, you look at your life has kind of really has this kind of start and stop, you know, or maybe your life before. And I do truly believe, like, that I am a very different person now. Like, the core of me is probably still there and has mm-hmm. always been the same. But a lot of my life changed you know, with that. And there's a lot of like loss and fear in that. Yeah. Um, but that's okay too, you know, and I do think I've rebuilt my life and I like who I am and I wouldn't trade any of that. People like will say that sometimes like, Oh, if you, you would go back, would you like do that all again? Yes, I would. You know, because I do like who I am right now. And our family has been through a lot. Um, but I'm in a good place now and I'm proud of our family of, you know, and I wouldn't trade my four kids for any of it. You know, um, that presence of mind, that gratitude, that choosing joy, I, I maybe had glimmers of that in old me, Mm. but, um, but that's definitely something that my son taught me and that this has taught, you know, this whole process has taught me, you know. Wow. So this is, thank you so much. You're welcome. This was just absolutely beautiful. And Mm. thank you so much for tuning in and hearing (laughs) Jen's story. And, um, July 31st, day of kindness mm-hmm. for, for Mr. Noah. <laughs> May we um, honor him, continue to honor him with the, mm-hmm. the pay it fork, forward kindness mm-hmm. and um, the, the George Mark um, children's, house. children's house is definitely something to look into um, if you are looking for an organization to donate. It, I cannot wait to go there. You said that mm-hmm. they invited me mm-hmm. and I could go yep. and I just can't even wait so yep anytime you want to go just okay I, I mean it's not like the most joyful thing to do to go there because it's very hard but at it the will same surprise time, you because it is very joy-filled I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to it really yeah. yeah one last message for the world Whew. what's your last <laughs> <No> message <pressure. laughs> if there was one thing what is it um, I think just be good to one another, mm. you know, like we don't know what will happen tomorrow when we wake up, you no know, doubt. and I just think, say what you need to say, be good to one another, you know, be kind, show that kindness, be present, you yeah. know, choose joy, you know, yes. I don't know. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for Gosh. listening to our story. Oh, part two. Let's have a part two. No, no ruin. Let's just go straight for the gifts. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're all right, guys. Until next time, um, definitely check out all those links. And I look forward to our next story happening in a couple weeks. Thanks so much.